Let's talk energies with our first guest here today. We have Fiona Boll, the global head of commodities at S&P Dow Jones Indices. Fiona, good to have you back. Uh, let's begin with how, per your notes, it looks like it's a tight global supply, fear of uh, economic slowdown, strong U.S. dollar, and the likelihood of government intervention uh, that could ease the pain of skyrocketing retail energy products that's driving price right now. Thanks for having me. Ben, yeah, look, even here in the UK, just in the last few minutes, we've seen news of uh, support packages to both consumers and to business to try um, and alleviate the pain of higher energy prices. Uh, how long that takes to work through the system and whether it's ultimately successful or not, I guess we'll need to wait and see. But I do think that um, strength in the dollar, uh, rising inflation will take some time to work through the markets and, and will likely have an impact on demand, sort of regardless of the level of government intervention that we see in the energy complex. You know, I, I'm wondering, as you're saying all of that, in terms of ultimately, is it successful? And ultimately, I guess, is government subsidize, subsidizing sustainable, Fiona? It's certainly expensive, uh, which would suggest it's not sustainable over a very long period of time. But we are in, you know, a, a crazy and un unique circumstance. Um, and, you know, there are justifications in extreme circumstances often for government support, but it will be very, very expensive. And the markets and taxpayers will be feeling the impact of, of that intervention for many, many years to come. A, a crazy, unique situation, to say the least. Coming out of the pandemic, a neon swan type event with the war on Ukraine, ultimately, I guess drastic times call for drastic measures. And we're seeing that uh, on behalf of the uh, new prime minister in this uh, effort to ease some of those energy price increases and freeze them, basically. Let's talk a little bit about the Nord Stream flow resuming. Fiona, unlikely, but it's it seems like the worst case scenarios of Putin cutting off supplies ultimately have been realized at this point. Certainly the, the weaponization of energy is something that we've been talking about since the invasion of Ukraine. Um, it is one of the few weapons that Russia has uh, against Europe. It, it has used it. Um, and, you know, Europe has, has threatened to fight back in the sense that we would expect tomorrow we might get news from the European energy ministers that they'll say they want to cap mm -hmm. the price of mm -hmm. Russian gas. So this is certainly, um, uh, you know, an ever-changing situation. But for now, there is very, very little Russian gas moving into European markets. Uh, EU uh, energy ministers, again, potentially providing a package tomorrow, as mentioned. Um, you know, in terms of Russia weaponizing energies, I'm hearing also that they're now starting to do so with uranium, apparently. I'm not sure if it's actually occurred yet, but there's been some talk that they may only accept rubles for purchases of uranium. And look, they're, they're weaponizing food as well. Mm -hmm. We thought we had a, a solid agreement to allow that the precious cargo of corn and wheat to leave Ukraine. But Again, there are you know, concerns that that agreement is being disrupted. Um, and, you know, that is the situation that we find ourselves in. We have a country that um, has an enormous impact on commodity markets and it is trying to wield that influence uh, as, you know, as much as it can. Fiona, I was watching a discussion you were having. I don't remember if it was a, a webinar on YouTube you had done or an interview on CNBC or Bloomberg, I think it was maybe. Uh, but you were talking about, I think it was into the holidays, trading volume had come off and it wasn't so much 
uh, uh, traders on vacation, it was more a lot of uncertainty in terms of the dollar, in terms of rates, uh, growing concern as far as economic slowdown. Are we starting to see volume come back in now that crude's been taking out key levels? I think we'll need to wait another week or so. We really have only just come back from that sort of holiday period, okay. which may have had some impact on the reduced volume. But I do think it's the, you know, the the level of volatility has scared many market participants away. And in the natural gas uh, markets, what's really scared participants away is the is the margin calls and the collateral requirements. Um, and the UK government has announced some support uh, in that area today and I'd expect the European governments to do as well to ensure that we you know have functioning markets with sufficient uh, price discovery. I saw UK's benchmark now actually lower on the week last I looked uh, uh, down around nine ten percent here but talk to us about the impact the US dollars had on this I mean it, it's probably uh, acts in some ways as a deflationary device the rising dollar and it does uh, provide a bit of a headwind for crude prices at the very least. I think that's true now, but what's been really interesting is over the last few months, that traditional relationship between the dollar and crude has mm -hmm. broken down. Um, and, and maybe that started to change now, but I think you know when you have such a significant supply shock to the market, you can see periods in history uh, where that relationship falls over. Now in the last week or so, you know potentially we've seen that come back in line. Um, and we do expect over longer periods of time, history would tell us that, you know, a stronger dollar is not great for overall commodity prices. Fiona, uh, uh, lastly, um, in terms of grains, we've been watching them kind of come off. You mentioned here that they've been uh, somewhat weaponized by Russia as well as we thought we had an agreement in, in terms of flows, but it seems like uh, possibly not, as you mentioned. Talk to us about what we should be watching in terms of grain prices because they do factor into the inflation discussion. They've been kind of taking a bit of a backseat role, though, as they came off the highs from early this spring, this summer. Yeah, I think we're 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 going to uh, you know start the the northern hemisphere, particularly the U.S. harvest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, relatively soon. So we you know, always expect to see some additional volatility in the markets during during the harvest period. So we'd be watching for that. I'd be watching for ongoing discussions about um, uh, about the export of grain out of Ukraine. They have done a reasonably good job so far um, in getting some of those cargoes out. So I would be watching that. And then I would be, you know, starting to watch um, the the longer term weather forecast for the southern hemisphere, as places like Brazil and, and Argentina look to uh, put next year's crop into the ground. Fiona, appreciate you joining us here. A solid breakdown and look at commodities across the board. A busy week for markets here, to say the least. Fiona Bull, global head of commodities at S and P Dow Jones. We're